3: As we say hi and welcome you in, I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VEASAN studios at the South Point. We, we touched on these games a little bit, the four uh, college games yesterday. We'll get into those in just a little bit. Of course, Michael Lombardi. By the way, uh, just yes. as football season's heating up, Shorty's bailing on yeah. us. I was just talking to Steph. Who? She's she's leaving. This is her last show with us. Are you sad? Is it really? See, Steph's not coming Steph? back. Actually, she's going to be here this week. She's kind of sad, too. She won't talk. She won't get on camera. But she did admit to me that she's going to miss us and that she, I guess she's going to be here this weekend. Nod yes. Yes, she's gonna be here tutoring the new villains, but it's just you and me, buddy. We're just on an island. You know, we can't seem
4: to stay in a committed relationship <laughs> with a producer. It's kind of sad. I think we need therapy. I think we might have to go to counseling. I don't know. Understand what the hell it is. <laughs> I mean, I just you know maybe because I don't look at the rundowns and everybody gets mad. I don't know.
3: Which is <laughs> high maintenance. We're, we're, yeah, maybe. Yeah. 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 I don't know. What are
4: you gonna do? Maybe because I bring up Vegas Dave in the middle of a conversation that they. It makes me the laugh. Of me. It makes me. Yeah. She,
3: Steph laughed. We.
4: Uh, I, I would pay a thousand dollars to bet the money line on. You know what? Bet the money line. On San Francisco. There's my tip of the week. <laughs>
3: yeah. Wait, you think there's a pretty good chance San Francisco straight up beats
4: Detroit? Yeah. I think so. You know, I th- you know what I've been fascinated with, Patrick, now that we just stumbled on yeah, this conversation ahead. again, you know, Your avoiding show. the rundown. That's I, I, not mine, it's our show. I love looking at the money on the rundowns. I love looking at the money line. Like Jacksonville has 98% of the money line money.
3: Well, that must be all all Shaw. It must be.
4: Amal says he's not going there. Green Bay's got 96%. The Rams have 93 Now, if you're in a survivor, I think you should look at those numbers on the money line and probably take a home team in that. That's you know, what I would recommend. You know what it
3: is, though, Michael. Those are all parlays. So what a lot of betters like to do is take those big-time money lines, those big favorites, and just wrap them up into big parlays and oh, try to. Get, so you see what and I'm that saying? that counts
4: in the money. That counts on our board in the money line. See, I look yes, every day for every day. So you. they'll
3: take they'll take Green Bay. They'll take the big time. They'll take San Francisco. But and they know they'd have to lay a huge price. And so what they'll do is they'll wrap them up. They'll parlay them together and get paid off got it. And trust me, it always loses. Like, for example, I was just, I I wrote this down in my notes. (laughs) I was going to say that it always seems to lose. Well, how about this? How about we a one in 15 team last year, the Jags, right? What happened week one, they beat a playoff team in the Colts. Yeah. So there's, it always loses. Yeah. I think
4: to me, yeah. uh, yeah, I think you've got to find, I think Amal was right yesterday. If you're in survivor, find a home team Find somebody that's, you know, like, uh, you know, Tampa was home, and they they almost lost that game yesterday. But find a team you feel comfortable that they know how to play, that they can beat. And, you know, if you go and – would it shock me if San Francisco beat Detroit? No, I think they're going to win the game. Would it shock me if they lost? Probably, but it wouldn't – I wouldn't be – I would just say, well, on any given Sunday.
3: I know. And that's, there's That's why, you know, I keep reiterating. I'm just going to take those dogs at home, including even like teams. I don't like Cincinnati. I'll just take, if you're giving me points at home to open up a year, you know how it is. It's like this hope springs eternal. We talk about it in baseball. Every team feels as though. And again, in football, there's a 50% turnover in the postseason. There were six new playoff teams last year. And I understand there's 14 teams now, not 12, but pretty much every year, half the playoff field turns over in the NFL.
4: No doubt, no doubt. And there's always a surprise team. It's just trying to figure it out, you know, and trying to manage the market and see where it goes and understand it. And I don't think we can overreact to September. Like for me, I thought Dallas and I thought Tampa were exactly the teams I visualized in my head from watching them in preseason, watching, understanding their coaches, understanding their talent level. I thought they were exactly the teams that I visualized in my head. Tampa's really good offensively. They've got great skill. Antonio Brown. I mean, we really saw, saw very little of Mike Evans last night, mm-hmm. and he's their best receiver. We didn't, you know, so I saw that Giovanni, Giovanni Bernard is the James White. I got all that. Like, I see them. If you can block them, you can throw it, right? We know this. That's where Sean Payton has done a good job against them. He's blocked them. He throws it. So I got them. Dallas. Really good offensively. If they can keep their tackles in the game, they'll be really good. They need Zach Martin back, but their defense is always going to be a liability. And I think their special teams probably I didn't calculate very well, although I was scared of Zerline all the time.
3: I'm going to read your tweets about the game coming up in 15 seconds. By the way, a major network, they're making picks right now. They've got the 49ers laying seven and a half. Fellas, that number is stale as all get out. That number is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Michael Lombardi, Patrick Maher. This is the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. We're talking about the 49ers and Lions as that number continues to move. It was frozen seven and a half, now eight, eight and a half. Uh, So if you're talking seven and a half, you're talking about a stale number. Let's read what Michael Lombardi had to say about last night. 31-29 winner for the Bucks suck up with the 36 yard or two seconds to go. The Cowboys should have won this game. So here's what Michael had to say. M Lombardi NFL, more games are lost than won in the NFL. And the Cowboys lost one last night with their poor decision-making at the end of each half mind boggling stuff care to elucidate. Well, I mean, yeah, I think it's for all
4: situational football. I think at the end of the day, if you're Jerry Jones, the general manager, and Stephen Jones, his assistant general manager, you lost that game because you did not manage the situations correctly, the end of the half situation. You know, you didn't take, play, take the clock into play. You know, you gave, you gave them the ball back on a 60-yard field goal with a chance to throw the ball in the end zone. I mean, really? You got, you, you got away with it. You got away with it barely. But that wasn't a smart play. You think this guy's gonna make it a sixty-yard field goal? Are you kidding me? I mean, we had the ball, and t- your quarterback didn't know not where to take a sack. Your play caller didn't understand that situational football. Then you run, the- you throw the ball at one fifty-one, one forty-one to go in the in the half. When you know Tom Brady's on the other sideline, all Brady's doing is just give me time, just give me time, just give me time. You know, and he didn't have it. And situational red zone offense, red zone defense—it's killer. It's the killer. You know, they were fortunate. They turned the ball over twice in the red zone. I mean, Tampa had gone into that game last year. They didn't have one red zone turnover. And this year they did this game. They had two. They stripped the ball out. Give them credit. But to me, or one, they had one. They got the other one out in, out in their own red zone. But for me, I think this was a game that was clearly lost on game management and playing complementary football with all three units. And if I'm Mike McCarthy, I got John Fosso in my office today and saying, look, John, we got to get better in the kicking game. We've got to get better in the kicking game. Tampa beat Green Bay in that playoff game last year because of their dominance in the kicking game. Their starting field position in that game was the thirty-eight yard line. Yesterday the starting field position was the 33. We can't have penalties on kicks. I'll tell you another decision that was really poor. The Cowboys have the the, the Bucks have the ball at midfield. The Cowboys get pinned inside their eight yard line, right? There's holding on the cow on the cow on the Bucks. They decide to to, to re-kick it, they got the ball at the five. Mm. If they would attacked on the penalty from That's the right. spot, you would have gotten the ball at the twenty. That's right. They went three and out after that drive
3: here is my this tweet is brilliant so let's deconstruct this a little bit and it's why i always caution people as far as like when we get a new job it takes some time to learn ask malcolm gladwell right but some of these rookie head coaches maybe they'll end up being good head coaches but it takes some time and here's a great tweet that really typifies it. Each NFL game comes down to three parts. This is Michael Lombardi first quarter is assessment management. The second and third quarters are executing the plan or the revised plan. And the fourth quarter is an entirely different game with special attention paid to the real opponent, the other team or the clock. Now it's a lot, but help us understand that. And what coaches do you think does do a great job of compartmentalizing those four?
4: Well, I mean, I learned this from Coach Belichick, so I, it's really it's, it's, the, it's the laws of Belichick. His first quarter is all about assessment. He wants to assess what kind of game is this going to be, simply that. Now, if he would have been on the sidelines of the Cowboys or he would have been on the sidelines of the Bucks, he would have said to his coordinators, look, this is going to be an all-pass game. It's going to be an all-pass mm-hmm. game. Let's rotate defensive linemen. Let's make sure we're healthy in the fourth quarter. Let's make sure we're fresh in the fourth quarter. This is an all-pass game. Like, nobody's running the ball in this game. It's all pass. We're going to have to mix it up. We're going to have to coordinate the pass rush. We're going to have to do some different things. That was asset management. Then second and third quarter is you've got to figure out how to imp- implement the change of plan. Because you might have been prepared for Fournette to carry the ball 25 times in the game. You might have been prepared for more play-action passes. This is all pass. This is all pass. So we've got to assess that. Now the fourth quarter is an entirely different game. What people didn't realize was the Bucks in the fourth quarter had the ball 10 minutes. How are you going to beat the Bucks at home when they have the ball 10 minutes in the fourth quarter? You're not. Mm-mm. It's going to be hard. you got to manage the fourth quarter differently because the fourth quarter becomes a game unto itself. And, again, that becomes one forty seven to go in the game. Ball's at, ball's at the 40-yard line. We need three first downs so they don't get the ball again. We've got to run it here to start the clock. Let Arians blow his timeouts. Here we go. What's our five best plays we have? When Mike McCarthy called timeout with 151 after CeeDee Lamb got the first down, he should have called Kellen Moore over together and said, Kellen, we need eight to ten of your best calls right here. We need a control pass here on the first play or a run. We need the ball to stay in bounds. We need positive yards on every single down. Here's where we're going. What are the best calls we have on our sheet?
3: The So and I and I I had never heard it put that way, so it was fascinating because now I'm going to look at it differently. A, a couple of things to take away from one, Dak. I may be in the minority. I think Dak's great. Like I think I think, I think he's like I, I, when I, I watch I didn't him. I Dak's just see Dak's
4: liability in his leg last night. Wes mentioned it. I mean, they called speed option on the on the on the goal line. I mean, they
3: felt comfortable enough with him running then too. He's just, and the drops were there for lamb, but you can tell there's the offense is going to score and score and score this year. And it comes down to the defense. Now I want to switch over to the Bucs because while they always statistically have been up there, especially second half of the season moving on and then into the super bowl. One thing about the Bucks, and you said it specifically, you can attack this secondary.
4: Yeah. And, and you've got to be able to understand what the game plan is that Todd bowls wants to install. How does Todd Bowles want to play you? He's going to declare it early for you, and then once you figure that out, you've got to you've got to counter it. You've got to understand his blitzes, and you really have to do a good job on Vita Bay inside because he can power your weak guards. If your guards are soft, like they were in in Dallas last night, he's going to push them back. He's the he is a great, and I'm going to underscore this a great pass rusher. Mm-hmm. And you say, oh God, he's not a great pass rusher. Yeah, he's a great pass because he can take those guards and push them into the quarterback's lap. It's the hardest thing a quarterback has to deal with when he's got a 300-pound man, his own man coming right back in his face. We've seen it so many times. I mean, the young rookie from Washington that the Bucs drafted, he ran up the field, went past the quarterback. That's not the problem. When you get a guy like Vita Vey, who can impact third down, impact formations. 11, 12, and push those guards back, man, they're really good. That's going to be – and they lost him last year. And when they got him back, they became a different defense. Everybody talks about Sue and Pierre-Paul and Shaq Barrett. No, it's Vita ve inside
3: pressure. It, quarterbacks always say they don't care about the pressure coming off the edge. They care about the pressure right in their face. It's, yeah, I mean, that's that You can the one step up from them. the pressure off the edge. Having to move laterally there in the pocket turns everything upside down. Yeah, I mean, and you're right. I mean, Zach, I mean, Dak stood in there and made some Love incredible Dak. throws with people all
4: over him. He did. I mean, he really did. I mean, and I and I said this to you before what you said. I, I mean, I was watching that game, and I didn't feel like, oh, man, he's an overpaid player. No. When I
3: watched Jared Goff play, I feel like, oh, there's an overpaid yes. player. Yes. And the CD Lamb, um, the pick that he threw, it's a tough catch, but Lamb's got to come up with that. So that was a non-talkie. Yeah, mean, and that was a tough throw, too. Impre- that, that was, was a, a great very, throw. A great throw. That a was a great impressive, throw. man. I love Dak. I don't know. And C.D. Lamb's going to be a stud. He's got to catch the dropsies. By the way, Jamar Chase, did you see what he said about the drops? This is Steph's favorite story of the year so far. On his drop pass is Jamar Chase, the rookie there with Burrow in Cincinnati. The ball is different because it's bigger. It doesn't have the white stripes on the side, so you can't see the ball coming from the tip point. So you actually have to look for the strings on the top of the ball, which is hard to see because the whole ball is brown. So basically he's saying, I can't catch the ball because it's different than my college ball.
4: Well, I think what we need to do is get him an eye exam. Pearl Vision Center should have taken advantage of this right now and did an advertisement with Jamar Chase. Look at look at, it, look at it, that right there catching the ball. He didn't have the ball secure there. His biggest problem is he doesn't keep his eyes on the ball. Look and at right stripes, there. and There's stripes look, all look, over. A, That's look, college. Look at this picture right here. Look at this picture right there while we're seeing his dancing. If you go back is to the other picture. Is he afraid of the ball? Look at that he doesn't, he doesn't look. He doesn't he look through the ball. He caught it with his body. Ball. Yeah. He doesn't look through the ball. He yeah. needs the jugs machine. His eye level is not on the football. <laughs> I mean, it's really not a complicated – look at his eye level here. Look at his eye level here. He's it. not used to – it's like a golfer who doesn't look at the at the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just laughing at these pictures. That one looked like he was I mean, trying. To that's all you need to see is these pictures. I mean, he's a know, physical know, specimen. Yogi says you can learn a lot from seeing. I mean, you, we can learn a lot from these pictures here. I think he's got Look, his I eyes closed I think he's there. also <laughs> thinking. I think he's also thinking. I think he doesn't know what to do, and so he's thinking about doing the right thing. And then as he's going into his route, he's thought, Did I do the right thing? Oh, now I got to catch the ball.
3: That was a beautiful montage y'all put together of Jamar Chase yeah. having issues. Um, okay, so are Lamb- you betting? Are you betting Zach Taylor? Are you going to bet Zach Taylor oh. on Sunday? Well, like I said, I'm good, just out of principle. I'm taking the teams at home that are getting points, so I have to. If I'm just going to keep saying it, but Taylor wouldn't. He's not necessarily. Let's take a look at that number actually, because it was what three yesterday, Michael. So
4: I think I mean Caesars has it at three and a half. It's the only one.
3: Yes, I will take the three and a half. I'm sorry, I have to. I ha-
4: if it's going if you're going to give me the I hook off the three. I think it's a good three. play. I think it's a good play. I like it. I, I won't. I don't want to take it. I I'm scared to death of it. I don't. I don't like it, but you know, I I
3: mean, three, three is the key number in NFL betting. So if you're going to give me an extra half point at home, opening the year, the Bengals played well to start the year last year. They did. They did. I think sometimes we, as betters,
4: we have to look at teams like the Rams, you know, the teams that we feel like have little depth Uh, and are they going to, would you play them later than earlier? Like, for me, Pittsburgh, I'm really tempted to take Pittsburgh in the six and a half, right, against Buffalo because I think it's too much. But I think Pittsburgh might end up being a better team later than they are early. I think it's going to take some time to get them going. They scare me right now.
3: And Roethlisberger said that just as, mu- just as much because the new offense and the rookies their offensive line. Right. And so he said it might take some time. Steph just said that it's, they're going to start 0-4. Can we throw up their schedule to see? You got the Steelers at the Bills. We got a number of six. I saw a seven earlier. The seven did disappear. But take a look. So Steph says they're going 0-4 to start. <laughs> I don't know about that, Steph. Uh, I she mean, just I, made it I'm up, gonna she said. Say, I,
4: I, I think the Raiders, are, they have a hard time. The Raiders go back there. You know, T.J. Watt going against Alex Leatherwood on the right side, Kitts Carr early in the games, fumble. I mean, remember when the Raiders, when they got to go into tough environments, it's, they went to Atlanta last year and laid the giant, giant egg. I mean, you know, they went to Carolina different than going into Atlanta. No fans, I understand that. Pittsburgh's going to have the terrible towels out for sure.
3: By the way, you think I'm a novelist? Stephanie just said in my ear, I think the Steelers start one and five, tank the rest of the year, Ben's done. So all right. Yeah. There's your there's your answer on what's happening with the Steelers uh, this year. There we go. The, there we go. So so six and a half. Actually, I got a book at five. Wow. That is that's wild. You're right. That number's going all over the place. But mostly six and a half with Buffalo Lane. That's it. an
4: offshore book, yeah. It's weird, right? Yeah. I mean they're, they're, and, and the money, uh, the, most of the bulk of the money is coming in on Pittsburgh. Now, maybe that's just to tease them up a little bit. You get 12 and a half, where you get 12,
3: right? Yeah, I, I guess we – yep, 12. I guess we should – discuss uh, the contract that your boy T.J. Watt got. Uh, so four-year extension, $112 million. He gets $80 million guaranteed. He's 26 years old, all pro the last two years. He led the league in sacks with 15 last year. Uh, in 19, he had 14 and a half. In 18, he had 13. I mean, he's a stud. And, and so he yeah. was going to get paid. Uh, thoughts on T.J. Watt? Well, I mean,
4: they had to get it done. I mean, and like I said, I said this on my podcast, there's no way the kid was going to just be a a stand in, a hold in, and not, not play in the first game of the year. And so I think what he did was he told his agents, I'm doing the deal. And here I go, and it's huge help, I mean, because he'll go against Darrell Williams, the right tackle at Buffalo, and they've got to do a good job of containing Josh Allen in the pocket. Look, we know Brian Dayball is going to come out. He'll be 20 straight passes. He's not going to try to run the ball and prove his manhood against a better front that can handle the run. He's going to try to get them in nickel and try to make them play their nickel units. And then try to handle Watt with chips and do all those things, and then take his chances on the back end, attack the secondary. You know they lose Mike Hilton. Is Joe Hayden still able to play? You know I think that's going to be the strategy for Buffalo in this game.
3: Okay, we're, since I'm all over the map, w- let's wrap up. All, so let's wrap up what we saw last night. You're your biggest takeaway from the Bucks, and then your biggest takeaway for the better for the Cowboys. Like, what should I be looking at if, if I'm the Bucks and I'm a better, what am I concerned about?
4: If I'm the Bucks, I've got to stay healthy in the offensive line. That's going to be critical, right? It's got to be critical. I've got to keep Brady upright. Brady, I thought, threw the ball really well. I thought Gronk, you know, the, the, those toilet seat hands that he has was incredible. Great skill. You know, you've got to slow the pace of the game down against, against the Tampa. But here's the other thing. We can throw the ball on him if we can protect. Protection's a key. Protection's the key. We've got to match up to their power inside, and we've got to protect. If I'm Dallas, I've got to play games a certain way. I can't not expose my defense. I said if they played 32 minutes of defense, they'd have no chance. They played 25 minutes of defense and gave up 31 points. This defense isn't good enough, and they've lost defensive linemen you know, going into this with Treston Hill, and then they lose Galmore. So they've lost some defensive linemen. It's going to be a work in progress defensively. So you have to play complementary. And if you're Dallas, you've got to get better in the kicking game. You've got to find guys that can cover kicks. You've got to be able to control vertical field position because right now you're not good enough to play on short fields on defense. You're not good enough to play on long fields on defense.
3: Gronkowski, by the way, was plus two fifty, plus two forty, somewhere in there, to score a touchdown last night or a touchdown reception. He had two, obviously. And Brady's when that blitz was coming, he's always looking for him. It's he's gonna have a bunch of touchdowns. Well, he had, it this
4: year. was a perfect call. I mean, Brady checked it right the line. I mean, it was he was in a wing position. Brady knew it was zero blitz, and so he ran a, a New England play. He probably had it coded. You know, he probably called it. I don't know. I couldn't hear it, but he called it. It was the same exact play that they ran in the Super Bowl against the Rams to start the drive where he caught the ball along the Patriots right sideline it was the exact same play instead of taking it outside he took it inside because in the middle of the field was wide open
3: and we are all obsessed obviously with the fact that you said toilet seat hands so I'm not sure I guess that just means big hands the big, you see those gloves he has on it looks like you know when you lift up the top of a
4: toilet seat that's what his hands <laughs> look like they're so big and then a ball gets engulfed in it <laughs> steps doing countdowns I didn't with make I didn't make the, the I didn't there. I didn't I didn't make the toilet seats hey. white I didn't make it you know it's not my it's job not, hey
3: you just you report the news we come back it's what I line. do here Patrick thank you <laughs>
1: I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one
0: yeah, concept. Yeah, because you got to think, Love he's it. going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the
3: exactly. Olympics, he's going guard, and then on I'm top of it. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Casella, Point Game. I remember mean, you came in my room crying tears, <laughs> t- I mean,
4: he was in a culture shock. and then he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember
1: what you know? I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't it? Ain't <laughs>
3: Lombardi line presented by bed MGM. I'm Patrick Maher live from the beast studios here at the South point. Michael Lombardi, of course, got some news from the jets coming in. Hey, by the way, if on Saturdays, yeah. I feel like that's a mm-hmm. life hack for us when we start getting the bottom 10, the basement there. Like if I can get stuff to give me her UMass hoodie on mm-hmm. Saturdays, Lombardi line, we can go casual because it's also part of the shtick of the show. And then we dress yeah. up on Sundays because the jackets, they're just cumbersome.
4: Yeah, that I think it should be a. I mean, I, I, I got to get a couple of those. Uh, bottom, we got to get an
3: Akron one for sure. I'm gonna. I'm ordering one off Amazon tonight. Uh, Give, be, right, hey, good. Bezos, if you're watching, which I know you're a big fan of the show, I need. I need it on my doorstep by tomorrow morning. Make it happen, He'll Bezos.
4: It. I don't think there's any doubt about that.
3: <laughs> COVID, you've heard of it, so. Yeah. Uh, Crowder's out for the jets and that just came down and it looks like, which is big for the jets, right? Zach Wilson will mm-hmm. make his debut on Sunday without one of his top receivers slot receiver. Jameson Crowder tested positive last week. He was ruled out Friday of the opener against the Panthers. I'll go ahead and give you the number on that. Oh, I meant to text you this yesterday because Michael Lombardi's grinding. He's going to be on with Mad Dog, giving his picks every Friday on Sirius XM. He was on with our buddy Wayne Kimmel uh, from Seventy Six Capital, and he was on WIP this morning. When aren't you working? Um, I, I brought it up because Phil Sims was on with Dog yesterday, and he said he thought the Panthers might be sneaky good this year. You know, I I hope he's
4: right. I mean, obviously I have a vested interest in my son, Matthew, and his career down at Carolina. They, They are improved, I think there's no doubt. Uh, This will be a big test for them. The Jets, you know, I I don't see it on paper with the Jets. I really This defense is not very good. Quinton Williams is a good defensive lineman, but they don't have rushers. I'm not counting Shaq Lawson as a rusher. You know, you can't be labeled a pass rusher if you haven't got to the quarterback in a bunch of snaps. So uh, this is going to be a game where Sam Darnold's got to protect the football, play with it himself, take the profits against the defense. Now, Salai, the last time he played against Darnold, really tried to heat it up on Darnold. Really went after him, and I expect him to do the same. The problem is his matchups don't favor him. Well, whatsoever? Who's covering DJ Moore if you go zero blitz? Who's covering McCaffrey in zero blitz? You know who's going to cover Robbie Anderson in zero blitz? How about Marshall, who's a really good young-looking player? I mean, that's a real problem. You know, And if they go empty against them, Salai will play quarters coverage. He'll play quarters across the board. There's a lot of easy throw for Donald to make against that coverage. So, you know, I, I think the Jets defensively worry me. Offensively, Beckton, their big left tackle. Dynamic player. Had a concussion in the practices against the Eagles. Uh, you know he's been cleared. I don't know if he's cleared to play. I think he's cleared to practice, so he's out there. So that'll help. But the right side of this offensive line for the Jets is a little problematic. And the receivers without, with, with without the, without the inside slot guy. To me, they have big guys who are not as quick. Corey Davis will be the lead guy, the guy they paid the most money to. But to me, I think the, the, the Panthers can do a little bit of damage against them in terms of trying to beat up. I would put their, their, their best rushers over on the right side.
3: Look at the differences, Michael. So we have it officially here, our number four. If you take a look right now, the Jets at Carolina, Caesars is at five and a half. Circa's at three and a half. So we're splitting the difference, but that number's all over the place.
4: It, it really, the, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because it's opening weekend, Patrick. I, I've never seen so many different shops with so many I agree. different numbers. You're
3: generally more uniform in the regular season. You see a bunch of swings Usually, in the preseason. Know, when
4: one, yeah, when one blackbird flies off the line, they all leave, you know? And so I, this is kind of surprising to me.
3: Me as well. Do you believe it should be closer to five-and-a-half or three-and-a-half? Are you with Caesars? I, I
4: was thinking three-and-a-half. I mean, I think, I, look, the Jets, When, how do they play defense? You know, I know they've got Salah, and I know they're going to play. But we saw Salah's defense last night. We saw it. With the, it was called the, the, the Dallas Cowboys, and they had Demarcus Lawrence, and they had Randy Gregory, and they had, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, they have uh, Parsons, and they have Smith, and they have, you know, other guys, and they couldn't cover anybody. I think it's a problem. I mean, this is the strength of Carolina's team is their wide receivers. DJ Moore is a really good player. Robbie Anderson will catch two vertical routes. He can get behind anybody. And if they manage Darnold correctly, which I think I think that's Matt Rule's number one objective, is how do I manage Darnold? Make sure he makes his throws. Darnold's not a guy you just give the playbook to. Darnold's playbook should be about 20 plays. This is what he does well. This is what he can execute. This is what they did with Ryan Tannehill in
3: Tennessee. And McCaffrey's essentially a wide receiver as well. So, I mean, they just get... the, I mean, if he goes in the slot, who's covering him? No. One-on-one. You want to play zone to him? I mean, it first down. You want to play man to him? First down. You pick. Take your pick. Pick your poison. Double him. Double him. I'll go to DJ Moore. Get to that Miami-New England number next as well. Josh, then, it's the Lombardi line on a Friday here on v the Esports Betting Network. YouTube, we're on it, which to me is like the biggest deal ever. I love this. v is now available 24-7 on YouTube TV, Sports Package Plus. Your boy just got rid of cable and got YouTube, so I'm in. Are you? You can also watch us 24-7 on Fubo, FUBU TV, Sling, and Xfinity X1. Sign up today for YouTube, though, at tvyoutube.com uh, to start your free trial. So there you have it, Michael Lombardi. I think you, who are you talking to? Millie? Millie hanging out again? Yeah, at the office, no, nobody, nobody's here. I got nobody. I wasn't talking to anybody. All right, right. take it easy. Uh, What's Bill Berman just wrote, uh, just finished up a conference, long show. Okay, Berman, Uh, well, we'll, I'll accept those excuses, but we expect some more action this weekend as we uh, get into the meat of our schedule here on the Lombardi line. Um, uh, Cam, oh, did you see Cam? Cam was doing an interview with his dad. It looked like at 50 yard line somewhere in high school, and he said he was absolutely surprised. He thought it was very clever the way they disguised it, he said, where he started, but he was getting two to every one of max 10 reps. Uh, I guess Cam is blown away that he was released.
4: Yeah, I mean obviously was disappointed and I think he 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 made the comment that I read and I don't know if this is correct So he made the comment that basically he you know He felt like he they told him he wasn't gonna be a really good backup Which is kind of what I was implying as well I mean, it's hard to have a new leader when the old leaders still in the clubhouse and I know there's nothing but positivity about cam up in New England and they loved him. They loved him as a person Uh, They loved him as a leader. I think obviously his skill set isn't quite to what it once was, and he's fighting his way back through that because he's a complete competitor. So, uh, you know, I think that's
3: ultimately what will happen. Yeah, there's – I think the one thing with, with Belichick you've taught us is it's not personal. <laughs> it, it is literally. There's nothing – there's no sentiment attached to the decision. He loved Cam from day one. Yeah, no
4: doubt. And, and Cam brought leadership. He brought professionalism. He worked hard. He, he, you know, he was part of the Patriot culture. It didn't work out that way, but he was part of the culture, and he was part of the fabric that he did it. You know, and and unfortunately, Mac Jones came in and played
3: well. And in the time that he was given, he played really well. So, as we a bit of to Steph, her favorite thing is when you say no doubt, no doubt. So let's do doubt or no doubt. The Texans, and this is. An interesting one here because we have odds on it as well. The Texans are going to tank this season. Doubt or no doubt? Will the Texans start 0 and 4 is plus 160? Will the Texans start 0 and 6 is plus 350? The Texans are going to tank this year. I, 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 don't,
4: I doubt they'll tank. I, Tyrod, I mean, I think they're a bad team, but I don't think they're trying to tank. Everybody's thinking that because they traded Bradley Roby away for a, second, a third round pick. You know, look, they're playing Lovey Smith's defense. Zone, zone, jam, you know, play the flat, play Tampa. Didn't really fit. Why not get something for them? You know, you had a very anxious team in the New Orleans Saints who were trying to prove their corner situation. Why not do it? Get rid of some cap room. We'll see. I don't think they're trying to tank. I think they're trying to work through some problems. I think there's no doubt about that.
3: The Steph just got upset when you. It, she said, "Tyrod, don't give me Tyrod Taylor." The it, 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 the uninspiring part is what you just said. Maybe it's the coaching and the coaching hires. I don't know. There just seems to be. And nobody's going to implicitly try to tank. But their win total set at four in a 17-game season. Strange hires. Strange, Strange hires. hires. Love, yes. People love Lovey. Look, that, that's one thing. He he, he gets gigs. He and he did a good job in Chicago when he was there for all those years. But it just it, yeah. it, it hasn't quite connected I since. Mean, then
4: was then. Now is now. Is Tampa two really going to be the defense of the future? I don't think so. I don't think so. Was that Mister Kiffin? Was it was Kiffin the first cover two guy? So it started. It started with Monty. You know, so Monty was with Pete in in Minnesota. And Floyd Peters was the defensive coordinator and they all started playing this cover three. And so when Monty went to Tampa, instead of playing cover three, he played what was essentially three cloud, meaning the corners became cloud players. They played the flat. And that transposed itself into what we call Tampa two. It put the responsibility of the middle of the defense, the deep third of the middle of the defense to the middle linebacker and so they could play, they could still play their fronts and still have a guy in the box and then try to get the guy to cover the middle of the field. Challenging to do it. It changed the middle linebacker position in terms of how you scout, how you evaluate, how you look at things. And it made it very challenging because when you played cover three, there were certain throws you could get within cover three that were easy for the flat, you know, because you're giving up, you know, everybody's playing deep thirds. So you had some areas. This took away that. Made it much harder to throw the ball. And if you can play a seven-man front, and if you can play a seven-man front and hold up to the run, you've got a better chance of playing the passing game.
3: But the concept antiquated at this point as far as just the yeah, pure – people know how imp- to do it, right? right. So
4: everybody, everybody knows how to play it, right? So – you, what happens is, you know, you read the shoulders of the quarterback. So, you know, Brady sees Tampa, too. He looks to his right. He knows he's throwing back to the to the delay route, coming back over here, to move the linebacker because the linebacker's reading shoulders. So everything is with head movement and shoulders. It's the same thing with Pete's defense. It's all movement of shoulders. That's why the first touchdown pass that Brady throws to on a double move, he was kind of late throwing it. It was wide open. But he was trying to move that safety off because he knew he had it.
3: You know, Pete's fascinating because I saw him run in practice yesterday. He might be a guy, I feel like if I was up there, he might be a guy you could get some um, edibles from. But one thing about him is at his. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry. But one is thing le- about is him. Is legal in that state? I, I don't it, know. So it's pretty much legal everywhere. But the Carol is, I mean, he, he is so spry. It's he's genuine, like 70. Though, right? it's genuine. He, you know, everything about him is genuine, but also just his overall. Like, you know, he's like 70 years old. Yeah, I know he is. He's, he moved, it's insane. He's, got, he's chucking the football around. He's winging it. And he's no he's having issues. Fun. He loves it. He loves it. He and does look, come they across better genuine. as genuine. You're, you're look, right. They, they got
4: better on defense as it went along last year. They did. They, they were they really did.
3: Yeah. They were great towards the end of the year. Uh, selfish question with a minute to go. Then we'll get Josh in and get some picks. Is it true that Salah interviewed terribly with the Detroit Lions?
4: Very true. Everywhere he went, he was very panicked he wasn't going to get a head coaching job. He was extremely panicked. The Jets really was his only chance. Now, the, the mainstream media won't tell you that, but that's the fact.
3: I wanted to ask you that because that's why you have to be careful with it. I was thinking of it because we were talking about Coley. Who knows with these rookie rookie head coaches? Who knows with stay staley has got gonna talent, but about, we're going to find out. How about Seriani, you know? They're ready to go. To, they don't want the points, Patrick. Leave the points at home. here. Oh no, Sirianni, just don't, just, just don't get them in front of a mic, man. That got awkward. Uh, you could say the same thing about me. Anyway, Carol, anyway, completely gentle, edibles. Gen- edibles, edibles let's Carol, have that ca- shout to just, Bill Berman yeah, we, who just yeah. texted. He's shocked that Steph is leaving. Uh, I'll text you later, Billy B. Steph, I don't know why you didn't tell him. I mean, I just you got to text. You got to text Berman. Coming back with Josh next. It's in 200. So here's the deal. Sign up today at BetMGM. Enjoy the thrill of victory from the king of sportsbooks. You place a $10 money line wager on any pro football team to score. And if they do, you win $200. So MGM's lost their freaking minds. Go over there and get free money. It's BetMGM.com or download the app. 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. So as we welcome you back, we'll get to the Detroit news, Michael Lombardi. I guess we can say this because exciting changes are coming. And I just talked to Steph. Steph's not going. She's not leaving the company. She's going to be working with our girl Stormy who's remote. Remarkably talented. running
4: the network? Obviously, yes, we know this. We we check. I just texted Stormy to
3: see if I still have a job.
4: I, I I gotta check in with her too. I better make sure. I, I hear she has a chair with her name on the back of it when she walks in. That you know they open those doors and then they're gonna oh, put her her picture right next to Brent up there on the thing. I mean Berman thought he was getting his picture up there. And little did he you know Stormy <laughs> the We're gonna put Berman up. Uh, no,
3: yeah. and, and congratulate. She's so talented. Excited to have her part of the team. And Josh is also so we so many new additions to uh, they're changing the name of the nuts. What is it now? Odds on, not the nuts. So uh, Mike and uh, Amal
2: starting Monday are going to be odds on. And Josh, you're going to continue with Pritch. Oh, always. We got a lot going on here, guys. But uh, yeah, it's exciting. New season, obviously. But uh, you know what? I always feel most comfortable, most at home with you guys. But I seriously, we're going to miss Steph. We've been working with Steph for two years now. So best of luck uh, at Circa with Stormy. But guys, first off. Wait, hold on hold on, on, hold on, hold on, wait, Before, wait, 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 hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Do you have a cold? <laughs> I'm struggling a bit guys. Yeah, I can tell. hope my voice isn't terrible. all terrible. Right? Yeah. I'm battling through the allergies, man. I get them in the spring. I get them in the fall, but we're worried hey, about you can... over here, bro. You okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm doing all right. I before... feel like Michael Jordan's flu game. You know, he played better. So hopefully that's me
3: <laughs> <laughs> before, before you give us your update, uh, Josh. And I know you have a college play tonight as well. Michael uh, Decker's out for the lions. The lions Taylor are a, Decker. Taylor Decker. The tackle is out. The lions are a mess right now. Nobody's practicing.
4: Yeah, and I think really it's it's and that's probably reflective of why this line's jumping. We saw it today, and I think the one thing we said, I said this in my tweet about when the when the Ravens lost both their running backs, Gus Edwards, you know, and J.K. Dobbins, you could find those guys hard to find left tackles to come in, especially left tackles that have to line up against Nick Bosa. Not not a really good idea. You know, now they're going to run the ball. I think it'll be a conservative game plan, but I can promise you, you know, my man, Jared Goff, table for two near the heater. He's going to be asking, is Matt Nelson ready to go for this here? Matt, are you really ready to play here? Can we chip over here? Like, Matt, I don't know. You know, like poor Matt Nelson, college free agent. You know, this is his moment to shine. You know, yeah, I know he's from Iowa. Yeah, I'm sure he's probably well schooled and all that. But that's Nick Bosa over there. You know, it's one of my favorite scenes. In, when you watch, is when Parcells walks up to Jim, Jumbo Elliott and says, "Hey, Jumbo, I just want to make sure you understand that that's not Michigan State down there. That's the Philadelphia Eagles. Like it's a different game, right? <laughs> it's a step like, up. hey, Matt Nelson, that that's not we're not that's not Iowa State down there. That's San Francisco. That's Nicky Bosa coming at you." Get ready.
3: Yeah. Deandre Swift as well. Has, not I don't know what's going on right now. Josh, well, that, they're hurt. They're beat up. Everybody's I mean, beat I, up. you know,
4: yep. Yeah. I mean, and you know, the, the strength of their team is supposed to be the offensive line, but without the left tackle. And I think Josh, you can comment on this because we didn't bring you on there to not comment is the, uh, <laughs> uh is the, how this line's moving like crazy. The
3: with, numbers are crazy, Josh. They're good. Like we've seen a disparity of like one five and a half to three and a half with Carolina and the jets.
2: Yeah, you're exactly right. So, first off, uh, Patrick, you know, with this Detroit Lions game, I was saying, hey, what's going on here? It's got to be an injury. Open minus 7.5. At one point, it was like, hey, maybe there is some love for Detroit because it pretty much stayed minus 7.5 for, like, uh, multiple weeks here. But, again, the injury to that good offensive lineman, you've seen it jump to 8. I think some shops even got to, like, 8.5. I saw a 9 out there. There was some buyback when you could buy low on the Lions at that number. But, uh, guys, please don't make me bet the Lions. I do have a lot of system matches on them. Looking at these big dogs. We did see the Cowboys come through in this spot. If you're a dog, uh, six and a half or more, you're 57% ATS the last decade, but it's going to be a tough spot. I bet there's going to be a lot of teasers. uh, They're going to probably take the, you know, the the 49ers down from, you know, shop around seven and a half, eight down to two, one and a half. I think it's going to be, it's definitely a spot where the books are going to be rooting. TG is going to say, please, Patrick, can your Lions come through here? I think if they, if they roll with the Niners, with which, uh, what we expect, that's going to be a kind of a bloodbath there for the books. Yeah, what that, do you think
4: of that line? I mean, do you think that'll end up getting to eight and a half, Josh? It's funny. I, mean, I think funny, that's Michael, a game. What, yeah, I, I think it's a game you got to be really pay close attention to. Obviously, if you want to, San Francisco is certainly going to be someone's survivor picks this week, right? We know that because it just looks too good. But I think if you want to lay those points, you know, in the NFL it's a lot of points. But we know Anthony Lynn's going to be conservative. We know they're going to have to line up in a lot of left-handed formations. They don't want to leave an open edge to poor Matt Nelson, you know? And so they're going to have to protect. Look, they know Jared Goff as well as I do. If if Jared Goff gets hit early in this game, it could all fall apart quickly. So they've got a game plan around that, and uh, we'll see what that goes. But, you know, I think this is going to keep etching
3: up a little bit. I wouldn't disagree. Josh, I interrupted you to start, so set the table
2: for us. What do you got? (laughs) Yeah. First off, I just want to say, how about them Cowboys? That's all that from last night. Yeah, you got nine and a half last night, right? I was feeling good, yeah. And the other thing, Patrick, you had your over. That was another late evolving kind of sharp play where it was kind of 51 and a half with the total uh, for much of the week. We saw it jump up. Again, pay attention to those late moves. You know, last couple hours before a game starts, got up to 52 and a half. Told me there was definitely some over money coming in there. But I think, guys, we did a good job yesterday talking about the value of when to place a bet because obviously the Bucks got a huge move in their favor six and a half all the way up to nine nine and a half. We talked about hey the Bucks could roll here, but are you really going to get into a position or a habit of laying numbers after they've moved when you're with the public? Obviously, Dak looked pretty good. It was kind of a live line opportunity. Michael, we we joke about the golf face, but Dak again, you know, he, he obviously is battling through some stuff, but kept him in the game, live line opportunity, you know, that adjusted total went up as well, obviously, uh, got to 60 there, but the whole point there was buying low on Dallas as a hazmat play. Again, inflated line opportunity, contrarian heavily bet game, and you're always looking at these big dogs week one, which is one of my bread and butter systems. You're getting six and a half or more in week one. The last decade, you're 57% against the spread. So props to uh, props to the boys. I was worried, Michael, that Zerline would keep missing kicks and McCarthy going for it, uh, but Dak, uh, Dak played great and got the cover there for the uh, contrarian betters on the boys you know josh i disagree
4: i don't think it was a hazmat play i really don't i know the line was nine and a half. i don't think the line was right i really don't i didn't think the line was right for a while i think the line moved awkwardly because of, of dax injury and then it kind of moved differently uh but i will say this i think there's a difference between this line and the lions i said for three weeks that, that that it was very clear that if you took you had you run the risk if you take the bucks to get backdoor covered. We knew Dallas was good on offense. I mean, we knew that, right? I watched Dak throw the ball. There was no problem when I watched them throw But we knew they were good on offense. We didn't know that they were only going to get the ball their best player 13 times. But the, I digress. But what we do, but in this game against San Francisco, we don't know if if they're a good offense in Detroit. We don't know. They're not a team that's going to be able to backdoor cover you. They're a team that's going to struggle Mm -mm. to throw the ball. And the more they have to throw the ball, the more they have to throw the ball, it's going to expose Matt Nelson against Nick Bosa, and it's going to expose their tackles, and it's going to put Goff in an uncomfortable position. So, I think they're kind of different. I think if you want to take Detroit, that might be a hazmat play. I don't think Dallas was. I think Dallas was a smart play by people that understand how games are going to go.
3: Yeah, if you were laying that heavy number last night, at what point did you feel comfortable? And to further Michael's point, which he's been bringing up, which I thought was brilliant, is a lot of that number was built on the perception of the Cowboys from last year with, with Dalton under center. You saw the difference with Prescott under center. That number was ridiculous. It just was. I'm sorry. Um, UTEP Boise state. It looks to me like UTEP is getting bet a little bit here, Josh.
2: You're totally right. I want to get Michael's take on this one because this is intriguing to me. Because obviously it's a big number. The ironic thing is both uh, Boise and Coastal Carolina are both like minus one, minus 27. So it's kind of the same spread in both these big games tonight. But Michael, one thing I noticed is a little sharp money hitting UTEP in the points here. You know, you're looking at UTEP. Uh, they're two and zero. They beat New Mexico State 30 to three. Cover the nine and a half. They beat Bethune Cookman 38 28. Their last time out didn't cover the 20 and a half. Now Boise's only played one game and they lost to UCF. Thirty-six, thirty-one. they covered the six and a half in that spot but what i'm looking at michael is the public doesn't know what to do you know i like to go contrarian in these heavily bet spots public is down the middle they say utep's 2-0 and 0, but they're going to a step up in weight class to play boise so tickets are kind of down the middle but the line is going to utep a lot of these books open minus 27 i saw 28 opener all the way down to now at this point we're showing 25 and a half if you shop around you may be able to find a 26 they're kind of kind of moving on you quick but this would match to me, Michael, as a line move with an even bet ticket count, letting me know that I think these sharper wagers here are on UTEP. Also, when you're getting you know, 25, 26 points in a game with a total of 56.5, Patrick, we talk correlative betting quite a bit, a big dog and kind of a low-end total. Right. You know, NFL, 56 is a really high total. College, it's actually not that high. What do you think, Michael? Can UTEP keep this close, or would you be wary that maybe Boise rolls and gets back on track tonight?
4: You know, I think I think winning's hard in, in UTEP. I think it's not an easy thing. I mean, what are they? Five and thirty-nine from 2017 to 20, and they just had two wins. You know, over two bad opponents. You know. I think Boise playing on the blue turf is pretty good. I think Bachmeyer's is a really good player. I think they'll get this turned around. I mean, look, UTEP gave up 28 points to Bethune-Cookman. Uh, you know, I don't think Bakun-Cookman is in the same category as Boise State. Yeah, Boise State lost the opener. I, I like this line moving to me and Boise. I would take Boise and say thank you very much. You know, now the concern you have is Boise's got Oklahoma State next week. You know, and they, don't, they could be looking we'll ahead, look ahead to that. Yep. You know, a little look ahead. So you got that, but I like the over here. The over is four and in the Broncos last four games. And I think they'll run the football. I like Bachmeyer a lot. And I think Bachmeyer will have a good connection in this game with Shakir. I think, I think I, I, if I had to play this, Josh, I'm going to take Boise state because I'm getting a better number than I started out with
3: Texas, El Paso. If I were an Akron hoodie, could you Michael wear cowboy boots and a cowboy hat on a Saturday? I feel I, like you yeah. look good, bro. Yeah, I'm sure, the, I'm sure Berman's got
4: that somewhere in his some costume Spurs? collection. I'm sure. Like, I, I know that. you're a yeah, Sopranos sure.
3: guy, but throw a hat on some Spurs.
4: Yeah, why not? I, I, maybe I'll wear that tomorrow, yeah.
3: <laughs> okay, Step, partner. I'll get you that. Don't worry. I'll get you those <laughs> you bottom tens. Look... I know you're worried. Hey, could you do something around here? My gosh. I'll try. Hey, I gotta Josh. I got to check with Stormy first. <laughs> Josh, one thing. When you go on vacation, you're supposed to come back feeling rested,
2: not sick. Get some yeah. chicken noodle come soup, on, some I know, Seriously. Pull yourself yeah. together, Applebaum. Some honey, some tea. Whatever it takes, guys. Appreciate it. Big weekend. <laughs> You. <laughs> Your voice just broke. We'll be back tomorrow
3: morning. The <laughs> Nuts is next for one more time. We'll see you next time here on VSIN, V Sports Betting Network.